0: Bless us whichever way our journey is going, whether we are being cast down or raised up, emptied out or filled up. Help us know that it is a blessing to arrive with our neighbor in that place called enough. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. The carol singing, the Magnificat,
1: has got me in the mood for singing. Everybody backs up in fear. <laughs> my wife
0: and I love every sort of music. If you know my wife, Alison Bowden, she is she can sing large parts of Britain's Ceremony of Carol by heart, and she's a big fan of Parliament Funkadelic. So that's how our family rules. In fact, we have a game we play with music we call Next Line, Please. So I will sing a line to her and she'll sing it back, like the next line in the song. So an easy one, and you can join in if you want. I will not sing, we will just recite. Shake it up, baby, now. Shake it up, baby. Uh, next shake it up, baby, now. Shake Twist and shout, it. right, that's how it goes. Shake it up, baby, now. <laughs> Twist and shout, good. Harder degree of difficulty.
1: <laughs> Not right, really, but. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no mountain, mountain high enough.
0: Mountain <laughs> mountain. Beautiful. It's ratchet up a little harder. Jojo was a man who thought he was a loner. Like but he knew done. it wouldn't last. Good, you guys are good. And finally, just because my wife and I are um, partisans of the state of New Jersey, a little Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do, huh? Screen door slams, Mary, her dress waves, and a vision she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Thank you very much. (laughs) Now, final one. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In a world without exclamation points, that is the ancient world, You repeated things to make your point. If you wanted to exclaim and exalt and emphasize, you said it twice in a row. So Mary is saying, essentially, rejoice again. I say rejoice in our faithful God. She is singing a song, a prophecy of exaltation, of joy, of fulfillment. And I want to spend time with it this morning We've had it twice already. and We might say that's a lot, Jared. We had it in the Psalm position, we had it as part of the Gospel, which was optional, but I wanted to do it as many times as we could. Right. There is that very- <laughs> I have permission. So I wanted that because the hymn of Mary, the song of Mary, is something I would like us to have by heart. And I believe it's also something that's extremely good for our hearts. Because in it, Mary is teaching us, Mary the apostle, Mary the prophet, Mary the theotokos, the bearer of God, is teaching us how to recognize what our God is doing and who our God is. In fact, she is teaching us who our God is by telling us what God does so we can discern the movements of God in our own lives, in our own world. He is teaching us that our God is faithful and true and comes through on God's promises so we can have confidence, we can have hope, and we can be humble in our service with our Lord. Now this song of Mary is a victory song. She is singing a victory song in a long tradition of woman prophets in Israel. She's in the heritage of Miriam, who sings a wonderful victory song after the deliverance at the sea, the Red Sea. She's in the tradition of Deborah from Judges, who sings a victory song. She's in the tradition of Hannah who sings a victory song after she is miraculously able to be pregnant, probably the closest to Mary's song. Mary is singing a victory song for what God has already achieved, what all God has already accomplished. And it's an odd way she does it. It involves, and I apologize, grammar. Now, I grew up in the 70s when schools did not believe in grammar. They thought it was oppressive to our little souls, so they didn't teach it to us. So I had to do a lot of research this week. But the Magnifica is written in a verb tense that we don't have in English. It's written in a Greek verb tense called aorist, A-O-R-I-S-T. We translate it in the past perfect, which doesn't quite do the job. So the past perfect is all those verbs in there, right? Has shown the strength of his arm. Has scattered the proud in their in the conceit of their hearts. I like that translation better. Has cast down the mighty from their thrones. Has lifted up the lowly. Has filled the hungry with good things. Has sent the rich away empty. And in the Greek, what all this verbiage means is that this has been accomplished and continues. This has been done, the victory won, and the work continues. God's work is ongoing and secured by God's action. That's what makes it a victory song. Because otherwise, you're asking Mary for the footnotes. Okay, when has God done that? When has God done that? When has God done that? god has done it in the incarnation itself in the conception of this child god has acted decisively to change the history and path of the world god has acted decisively to reunite god with humanity to do god's eternal purpose which was to harmonize humanity with God. This is accomplished in this incarnation. And we talk so much about the cross and the resurrection of how God does God's work. But the incarnation is the first stitch. It's the essential beginning of how God makes peace with humanity. How God makes shalom. And I use that word intentionally because it's so much richer than peace. God makes peace with humanity, overcomes our hostility. I want to pause on that for a minute, because this is essential to what the Bible teaches. Is The history of the Bible is a history of God offering and humanity rejecting, and humanity living in opposition and hostility to God. And we might think to ourselves, well. Tensions. I, I have a high regard for my own innocence. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're it taught self esteem, all that. But the story we live in is a story of rejection of God's good authority. The rejection of God's just and loving authority. And when you reject God's godliness, that is hostility ask any parent a teenager. <laughs> and it's that hostility, that resistance and reluctance and rejection that we bring to this relationship that God overcomes through God's power by knitting us together forever in His life through the Incarnation. This is the first stitch. And that is this glorious good news of this story. And, I want to underline it in a certain way by a practice I have of every year looking out for where do I see the Magnifica? Where do I see how God has shown the strength of God's arm? Where do I see how God has scattered the powerful in their conceit? How has God cast down the mighty? How has God lifted up the lowly and filled them with good things? How has God sent the rich empty away, both in the world and in myself? Well, staying on the theme of music, one of my favorite recording artists gave me something that looked like the Magnificat this year, a wonderful singer-songwriter, if you don't know him, Jason Isbell. Well, (laughs) He has a great song called 24 Frames, which I just adore. I will once again resist singing it to you. (laughs) But the the lyric is amazing theologically. He says, you thought God was an architect. Now you know. More like a pipe bomb ready to blow. All you've built was just for show. All gone in 24 frames. He is a brilliant songwriter. Go please look him up. But in the country music world, which tries to claim him, he is what we might call a burr in the saddle. He has done amazing work challenging the sexism and racism of the country music establishment. So right now, he recently had a seven-night residency at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Now this is the holy temple of country music. Seven-night residency with Amanda Shires, his wife. And what did he do? Every night he picked out an African-American country recording artist who was a woman to open for him. Raise up the load, And he doesn't look at it that way. He says each one of these women should be a headliner. Each one deserves to be a headliner except for the resistance of racism and country music, which we recall was created by segregationist producers who wanted white roots music to sell opposed to black groups music. It was the same music. Using his influence, Isbell has facilitated a raising up he has facilitated a raising up, and he has challenged those in power to be cast down. He goes even farther. A famous country singer, Morgan Wallen, famously this year, was caught on tape using the worst racial slurs you could think of. And this caused, rightly, a huge scandal and a major pause in his career, as it should have. A leader in this was Jason Isbell, (laughs) making sure there were consequences and making sure this was an opportunity for country music to confront its racist history and present. And here's what Jason Isbell said. He is a wonderful guy he has been through recovery. He really doesn't suffer fools. And he just said, look, we are not persecuting Morgan Wallen. He is not being harmed. He is still a multimillionaire. We are taking him off a pedestal. And we are bringing him down to the sidewalk where the rest of us live. Where the rest of us learn hard lessons and repent and return to the Lord. Bring the mighty from their thrones. Send the rich away empty. Concrete vision of what God is doing as Mary teaches us in the Magnificat. We are invited to join in. We are invited to be a people who facilitate this leveling action of the Magnificat where the rich are sent away empty. The mighty come down from their throne. And the rich, the poor are elevated to meet them. In this level place called enough. We are called to be part of that gracious action, that prophetic action. And we are called with confidence, with hope, and humility that our world desperately needs from us. We are called with confidence because it is accomplished in the coming of Christ. We are called with hope, because God is true to God's promises, as Mary tells us. We are called with humility, because anything that is done well is only done in God's power and with God's help. Amen. Amen.